How we doing? How's Horton? Good, good. Very good, very good. I was driving down the road this week for some reason. I, I started laughing. And I, I laughed at myself. I don't know what happened, but I was just in a frame of mind where I said the word completely. I don't know where it came, I don't know why I said that. I, it just struck me completely. Words are powerful, aren't they? The Bible says, right, that the power of life is in the, in the, in the tongue. Power of life and death. So with our words, we can speak life or we can speak death. I'm going to choose life today. Choose life. We choose to speak words of life that will bring edification. We are at war, amen? We are at war. We don't have to dwell on that. But the enemy doesn't like you because you're on Jesus' side. Well, good. That's good. And we are to encourage each other in the fight. Keep the faith, to walk, to walk together. And join our hearts in battling and bearing each other's burdens. So often, we have a tendency to go it alone. Like myself. Come on. You want to bother anyone? But that's not God's purpose. That His purpose is that we belong to Him and we belong to brother and sister in the Lord. We are family in the Lord. We are His body. At the end of the message, we're going to celebrate. Celebrate the Lord's death and resurrection through communion. It ought to be a time where we think about what He's done for us and what he's going to come back for us again. In the meantime, we need him every day, every moment. So my text is Romans chapter 8. We're going to call this For His Purpose. Now you're wondering, why do we have this blanket? I'll get to it. We'll get there. For His Purpose. You ever felt like, what is the purpose? We're do- Why are we doing what we're doing? Nobody? You just kind of keep doing it because that's what you do. But what is the purpose of just going to work or just going to the marketplace? Because we got to live, right? We understand. But what is the real purpose? Why do we exist? Maybe you've had that question. Maybe many people who do not, do not know Jesus are wrestling with that whole idea. What is my purpose? Why am I here? And let me say this. Only living for self is a dead-end street. Only living for what's in it for me is a hopeless situation. Or you may find joy for a while. You may find this is fun, this is great, this is all. 
It's all coming together now, but only to find yourself empty inside without Jesus. Without Jesus, one is empty, empty, empty. Empty. More than empty. They don't have purpose. They don't know where they belong. They don't know what truth is truth and what, what's wrong. They have a hard time accepting truth until Jesus. Jesus is the truth. Jesus opens our hearts and our minds to understand what is eternal value. What is the difference in right and wrong? Finding purpose is where we begin. Finding Jesus is where we begin. Allowing Jesus to become Savior and allowing him to become Lord are two different things. Allowing Jesus to become Savior is where you start. That's where you just realize, yeah, I'm, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. I, got, I, I need you, Jesus, come into my heart. I pray that I can, I can walk with you, help me to live for you. But now we go on, and what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? What is all this stuff in the Bible talking about? Many times we go to the Bible, we have a hard time understanding, but that you keep going at it, just keep going back to it. Reading and reading and rereading. You know what? The Holy Spirit is your teacher. Holy Spirit comes to teach us. Now we get into the book of Romans chapter 8. There's some hard things in the book of Romans. But don't get bogged down. Just keep plowing through it. Just keep going through it. I've read this scripture over and over and over and over again. It just seems to always hit me. It always seems to find its way into my life that, you know, this is where a lot of people are at today. In verse 28, we said, no, we know that God causes all things. This is the text. We know that God causes all things to work together for good, for good, right? For those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Is that really true? It's God's words. It is true. God's purpose for you and I is for us to look to him for that which we are going through. It is not always easy in circumstance that you may be in, but God wants you to look to him while you're in those circumstances. Period. He wants you to trust him no matter what your circumstance may be like. He wants you to call on him. Every, every, has anyone ever seen a worried bird? Mm. Yeah, one time I was watching cartoons of Sylvester, you know, the cat and the Tweety. How many, how many grew up watching that? Yeah, now you're in my era. Yeah. And, and what, what did Sylvester, the Tweety birds, what they, I, thought, I, thought, I thought I said Tweety bird. Right? This is stuff. This is old stuff. And this Tweety Bird was a big bird. You know, not a little, little bird with a big head. It was, the cartoon was exaggerated. But the cat was, you know, could never quite get it. A few times he almost got it. But he'd always escape. Where am I going with that? Oh, the worried bird. Jesus said something about, consider the bird. They don't store up. They don't. Basically, they just go out and get their food. 
God provides. Interesting concept. Jesus says to us, why are you so worried? Bothered to Mary, or rather Martha. Why are you so bothered by so many things? Things. Bring the text back up, please. God works all things. God is able to work together for good. All things. All things. We know that God causes all things. Not just certain things, but all things. Every circumstance, every situation that you have and that you are going to face, God has purpose. If we will choose him. All things can work together. I can't work them together for good. I cannot finagle. Oh, I can try. I can try to change people. That won't work. I can't change people. I can't change your circumstance. I have to be even careful to offer any kind of advice. Because oftentimes advice, the best advice is that you hear about what the person is talking about. To listen enough. To listen to hear their heart. And then together you say, well, you know what? We need to pray on that. We need to take that to the Lord. Take it to the Lord in prayer. We sang about it. What happens when you take it to the Lord in prayer? You have this peace. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. You have a peace that you receive after praying about it. When you pray about it, you ought to leave it in the hands of the Lord, but human have a tendency to take it back. I'm just speaking out of my heart. We leave it with God, we take it back. We leave it with God, we take it back. Oh God, you sure you got you, you know what you're doing? Yeah, you know, what if this happened? What if this happened? And we begin to worry and fret. And God is saying, let me take care of it. You love me first. You trust me. I will take these. I, will, I can cause all things. He is able. Ephesians 3.20, we have a verse for that. Ephesians 3.20, to him who is able. How many understand God's ability? He can do anything. Absolutely, and nothing is impossible with God. Abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. According to the power that works within us. The power, what is the power? The power of the Holy Spirit working in you. Once you receive Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. And you can see more of the Holy Spirit as you desire more of the things of God. More of God begins to pour into your life. More of God begins to pour out of your life. You begin to see things in a different way. You begin to think in a different way. You begin to act in a different way. You go, you go from grasshopper mode to David, a warrior. We can take, we go to Joshua and Caleb said we can take them. The land is plentiful. Yeah, they're big, so, so what? The bigger they are, the bigger they fall. We can take them. God's given us the land. Let's go in. Let's, let's take, let's not let Satan rob our joy. Let's not let Satan rob our family. Let's not let not Satan steal from our kids. Amen? You have the authority God has given to you. All things work together for good for those who love God. My part is to love him, 
My part is to know him. In Paul's letter to Philippians, he spoke about this very thing. Philippians 2, verse 13, it is God who is at work in you. God is always at work for both to his will and to work for his good pleasure. God take pleasure in you. God takes pleasure in what you're going. God takes pleasure in seeing your art develop, become more Christ-like, becoming more like what God wants you to become. Now, Paul could have boasted of so many things. Paul was not always a nice person. You know his story. He was converted. A religious man, but not really knowing God. Knowing about God, understanding the things about God, he was pharisaical, he was taught in the things of the law, but did not really know God till Jesus confronted him on the road to Damascus and he had a conversion. He had a, trans- a, a salvation that came into his, his eyes were open to the things that were true. And then he goes on to minister Somewhere at first, oh boy, I don't trust that guy. The church was like, wait a minute. Is this, a Saul, is this Paul Saul, the guy that, he kills, he kills Christians. But it took time and his reputation began to be proved and be, be, it was changed. And he goes on and wrote back to the church of Philippi. And he wrote these words and we find in Philippians 3, chapter 10, that I might know him. Not that I might know about him, but that I might know him. And here's the point. Some of the deepest people in God have been through the deepest trials. Some of the people, some of the people in the body of Christ that have went through some of the hardest things are the people of God that know God more. There are people that have went through horrendous testings. Stuff that I wouldn't want to go through. But if they will keep their faith in Jesus, they will come out tested and true, tempered, so to speak. They've been through the fire, but they come out stronger than ever because they've chosen to let the Lord God be number one. In spite of, in spite of, in spite of what it looks like, in spite of what I may feel like today, God is still king. In spite of what, you're, what you may be facing, in spite of what the enemy is trying to put on you, God is still faithful. In spite of what the statistics say about churches shrinking in America, in spite of it all, I believe God is raising up a generation that our young people that he's going to bring this nation back around one more time, at least one more time, God do it again. Let the stirring of the Holy Spirit. We're hearing of revivals happening in colleges. Our daughter Emily is experiencing uh, being on an, a team. They're out, they're reaching out to campuses across Michigan and all kinds of places, other places yet to come, seeing people come to Christ. God is at work. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten about your family. God has not forgotten about this nation. There's always a remnant. There will always be a remnant. You and I could be a part of that remnant that will help bring in a revival, that will help bring your friends to Jesus. 
I know you guys want your friends to come to Christ. I know you guys are, are praying for family members. I know you guys are, are, are seeking for those opportunities that, Lord, what, what, do you, what, what can we do to reach her, our unsaved loved ones? Listen, God is able. God loves us more than you could ever love him. God understands, but he's looking for people who will pray. He was looking for people who would stand in the gap. What does that whole thing mean, standing in the gap? Well, there's this gap between us and God before Christ. There's a gap that we, we, we can't get to God. We, we don't know him. And so Jesus comes to fill the gap. But after we receive Christ, we become partners with Christ so that we can also pray in the spirit, pray with the understanding, pray that we can connect with God and pray in his will. You know, one of the greatest prayers you can pray is the salvation of others. That's right on the heart of God, to win people that are without him, to win, Lord, touch and open eyes that are in your neighbors, your families. And I skip ahead in the text at verse 34. Austin, maybe we can bring that verse up. Verse 34, he's speaking about this very thing. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is also interceding. Why is Jesus interceding for you? We need it. We're in a battle. Discouragement, hope, keeping faith, keeping, keeping an attitude, interceding. Remember when Jesus prayed for disciples in John's Gospel chapter, I believe it was 15, or toward the end, toward the end. It was really close to before his crucifixion. He said, I pray that you will keep them. He was praying for disciples. I pray that you will make them one as we are one. What is he saying? One, Father, Father, Holy Spirit, we need to be intertwined. And this is the whole reason I brought this thing in right here. Well, I didn't bring it in. Charlene brought it in. Isn't that a beautiful quilt? This is Charlene's grand grandma made it? Right. Awesome. Well, my idea was this. We have stuff in our lives. The different colors. I look at all the stitching. And our life is often like a blanket, a quilt. My mother was... Famous, I guess, in her day. I don't know if she say famous. She would make quilts. I remember, Mom, you, you got my best shirt in there. You know, it's like, what are you doing? She'd have this rack set up in the house. And she had her pieces laid out all over, and she'd had all the pattern. All I don't know. She, she, she'd do this stuff. I got to thinking, our life, is so much like a patch blanket, a patchwork or something. All different backgrounds, all different kinds of personality, all different kinds of things we've been through, and God comes into the picture, and he brings it all together. He works all things together for good. He makes something. How many remember this? This is really dating me now. This old, 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 old course. Something beautiful. Something good. Remember? All I had to offer him, 
was brokenness and something. Strife. But he made something beautiful of my life. Isn't that a simple little song with a powerful little message? Absolutely what the church is. None of us are perfect. None of us are all like in the process. But Jesus is making something beautiful. He's at work in you. He's causing all things to work together for good. I'd rather have Jesus. The old song went, we used to sing it. I'd rather have Jesus than anything. Silver and gold, I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand. That's another old song. I got all these old songs in me. I grew up in a church where we sang these songs. And they come become a part of me. I look back. I did not try. I did not. I was so shy. I didn't sing. I, I was scared of my own voice. And growing up in church, I did not sing in public. I was in my young twenties. You guys are not even twenty yet. Some of you guys are. You know. Yeah, you're you're you're. There. You know, it's just like God is in. We are in process mode. We are not finished. This is not the finished product. Glory to God. This is not the finished. This is not heaven. But we want him, don't we? We're looking forward to one day his body shall be changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye. We all have, we all have that hope in Christ. You see, the second point besides all things for good. He's working together. He's doing the work. He's doing the stitching. If we let him, he's like a potter in the gospel, not the gospel, but the Old Testament. Jeremiah, the prophet himself, goes down to a place where the potter was working. God says to the prophet, I'm going to, I'm going to speak to you a message. I'm going to give you a message. I'm going to give you a, a picture. And God speaks to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 18. And he begins to make these statements. First of all, he says in Jeremiah 18, verse 1, verse 2, Arise, go down to the potter's house. So, number one, it tells me this. I got to go to, I got to get myself in position. I want to hear from the Lord. God doesn't waste his breath. God, throughout Scripture, has gotten people's attention first. You, you'll read about it. Moses, turn aside the burning bush. Just read recently, Samuel, a little boy in, in the priest's house, had not yet learned the, Lord, the Lord's voice. He go back and say, Eli, did you call? And finally, Eli said, you, you know, I think the Lord's calling you. You say, you say, yes, here I am. He had to get his attention. How many moms are out there? Dad's out there. You're talking to your kids. You might as well be talking to the wall. They're over there and they're not looking at you. My wife does. He, he said, look at me now. Want to hear me? Well, what gets me, she's in the other room and she's talking to me. I have no clue what she's saying. I said, what? What? 
Guys, you do what I'm talking about. What? Attention. Potter. Uh, Jeremiah, go down. Go down. Get yourself in a place. I'm going to make an announcement. And I went down to the potter's house. There he was. There he was. Making something on the wheel. He didn't know what it was. It was something. Have you ever watched a potter? It was just amazing. They're just... You don't know what it's going to be, but it's something good coming. I can't wait to see what it's going to look like, but it's creating God the creator. God is still creating you and I. God is still making you and I what he wants us to be. There's a real, real lesson here, isn't there? But he says the vessel he was making play was spoiled. Spoiled in the hand of the potter. So he remade it into another vessel, as it pleased the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does? He's saying, what is he saying? Israel, my, my people have chosen to go their way. They're spoiled. They've withdrawn. They've sought out their other gods. And so now he says, I'm going to have to break them. That's what he's saying. I'm going to have to break them to bring them back where they need to be. And so you go on. You can read about that. That's a lesson all in itself about the potter and the clay. We can get into all kinds of ideas. We are going to be moldable, teachable. He's pliable. Work with God. I believe God is reasonable. Reasonable. He's reasonable. And he calls us to do things or to be in such a way that is not past ourselves with his help. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. And so we work together. We are in partnership. He's in control. He needs to be in control. He needs to be Lord. He needs to be, yes, Lord. But so we talk to him and say, okay, Lord, help me here. You've been on the job. Things blow up, fall apart. Lord, help me here. You've been in traffic and you've, oh, boy, I'm sliding. Lord, help me. Have you been there recently? Yes. Well, if you live in Minnesota, you have had those experiences. Oftentimes, as we are going, that's when the Lord kicks in. As we step out, we don't leave God in church. God goes with you. He goes with you to your home, to your marketplace, to your employment, place, whatever you're doing. He goes with you with your projects. All things work together. I'm going to get into some thoughts about God understands our confusion. God understands our frustration. God understands. I'm going to read my own writing. Our losses. God understands 
our weaknesses. Well, wait a minute. I thought God only used people that were really capable. No. Probably the opposite. You look through Scripture. Most of them were, I'm not sure if I have them come to my church right away. You know, Moses started out, he had a temper. He had to get kind of tuned up for this thing. Look all through all the whole scripture. Saul, King Saul, he blew it. He started out pretty good, but he, he looked to other things, took things into his own hands, on and on and on and a go. So, Oh, when he was converted, he went on to minister. Not everybody accepted him right away, but eventually he began to take, take on a reputation. And he wrote over 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, there was something that Paul called a thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what it is. Some say it was his eyes. Some say it was something else. That's all speculation. Vern, I'm sure, knows. I'm just kidding. I don't think we can really put our finger on it, but what, it doesn't matter. There were some kind of weaknesses, but Paul prayed about it. When the Lord says to him, I will take care of you in spite of your weakness, what do you say? I would rather boast about my weakness. Paul says these words, and Jesus basically is saying power is perfected in weakness. Power is what? Power is perfected to keep me from becoming proud, perhaps. To keep me from relying on self. God's working together. My last point is for God is good. God is good. He does it for our good. He does it for because he is good. You know, we've heard this phrase over, God is good all the time. God is good. He has our purpose in mind. We are created for him. We are when we get when we understand this, Jeremiah 1 chapter verse Chapter 1, verse 5, we understand that Jeremiah had a calling on his life to be a prophet of God before he was born. God is ahead of us. God sees your kids right now. God sees your grandkids. God is concerned about your, your, your own family. And we are working together with God. We become partners with God. Partners. Partners. And he calls the shots. He knows all things. So I have to turn it over to the Lord. Did Jeremiah have an easy calling? No. I, I, he, he did not have an easy calling. Was it, was it just kind of a, was Jeremiah so gifted? Because, you know, he would go out and, it was, it was hard for Jeremiah. He'd go out and preach and people would just, they scoff at him. They got annoyed by him. They throw him in prison. One time they throw him in a mud cistern and he sunk down in his armpits and they left him there. How about, how about me? Would I say, Lord, okay, I really deserve this. How would my attitude be? I'm sure he had his moments. But just because God is walking with us doesn't mean our life is going to be a bed of roses. Hallelujah. We might as well understand that from the get-go. You have joined the other side. The enemy is now hates you. 
and he hates everything that you do, but that's okay. We are to denounce him. We, are, we can rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus. Men, pray of your families. Pray of your children. Men, you have authority. God's given you authority to pray over your household. You become a partner with Jesus. Moms, you've got a lot of power too. Because mom, God loves moms. And God uses moms and grandmoms and on and on it goes. He's looking for people that would partner with him. We are become uh, joint heirs with Jesus. We're those who love God. Our part is to love God. Simple, isn't it? Just love God. You know what? Sometimes people get mad at God. Sometimes the church, sometimes people can get mad. You know what? God understands that too. You know what these next verses says about that? Nothing. I'm going to read those verses. Now. We're going to come up to a communion here in just a bit. It's just, like he just like, he just capsulizes. Paul just begins to throw out these truths. Verse 35, who shall separate from the love of Christ? He asks this question. Who's going to, shall tribulation or distress? You see, one of the, why well, believe what the enemy uses? Well, when you're in tribulation, when you're in stress, you say, well, Look at you. You're a good Christian. Oh, look at what God is. God is just, where's God? You know, he, he, he's like to taunt you. Jesus doesn't stop loving his church because they fail. Nothing. Persecution, famine, nakedness, perils to the word. The word. Verse 37, but in all these things we overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly conquer through him who, through him, through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principality nor things present nor things to come nor power. That's a, that's a huge variety of things. Things present or things, listen, the things that are coming. God has your back. Trials, tribulation, the great tribulation. I believe that the Lord is going to take care of his church. And no matter what happens, I'm sensing that pastors ought to be telling their people, to be ready. We don't have all the answers. We just know that Jesus is going to come back. And we win. We win. We are going to overcome the devil and all his fleet, the demonics. One day is going to be all taken care of. It's just a short little time we're here on the earth. Lord, help us not to be deceived. You say, I wish I would have. I wish I would have. I wish I would have. Let's do it. Let's go all in. Let's be seeking God. Let's be looking for Jesus. Come on in.
I'm not looking for the tribulation. I know it's going to come, but I'm looking for Jesus. I want to look for him. Lord, the time is near. The days are short. And what Jesus told his disciples after he gathered and gathered prior to his crucifixion, there's going to be a day in heaven where I'm going to eat this with you. There's going to be a day in heaven called the marriage supper of the Lamb. The church is going to be united with Jesus, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Right? And the earth, this earthly time, they understood that, that keeping the Lord's Supper, they understood that that time, the Sabbath, and that the time of, of being together, they understood Jewish tradition, Jewish history. But God has it arranged so now even as a church that we can remember by a simple little cup. It's a symbol. But this basic is simple, the simple way of just realizing, remembering what Jesus has done for you and I. And I mentioned the word celebration. What are we celebrating? We're celebrating victory over death. We're celebrating victory over sin, the sin problem, the separation from God. When one comes to Jesus, he takes your sin. When he died on the cross, he took your sin, my sin. When he cried, it is finished, he meant it was finished forever. The price that was paid for our sin was paid. 